It feels like it's been a while since I've covered anything in the weirder categories on this show. So today, my expert is walking us through how you investigate a haunted location. Welcome to the Just Dumb Enough podcast, a show that acknowledges no one is always an expert by dispelling misconceptions with real experts. I'm your host as always, Colton Petrie. My guest today is Jason Hassler. Jason is the director of Big River Paranormal, with its home right here in Oregon near me. His team responds to requests from concerned homeowners and curious businesses, all in the name of quality investigation. Sometimes there's a perfectly reasonable explanation behind the experience, and sometimes you've got a genuine haunting. He also acknowledges some people are crazy, or too wrapped up in paranormal TV, and that can paint the whole community in a somewhat unfavorable light. Let's hunt ghosts. Welcome to the show, Jason Hassler. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? My name is Jason Hassler, and I am the director for Big River Paranormal in Oregon. Yeah, fantastic. You are in my home state, and I am excited to have this conversation. Oh, nice. So what got you into the paranormal? Well, I had some experiences as a child and uh, read some books from the school library and that kind of stuff, and it just kind of piqued my interest. So I've just pretty much been interested since then. Awesome. And what is Big River Paranormal? Big River Paranormal is a uh, paranormal investigation team where, uh, I mean, we have a, a team in Idaho and we have in Boise and we have a team in Portland, Oregon. And we just investigate uh, places that have rumored paranormal activity. And pretty much our main goal is to find logical explanations for what the uh, client is experiencing. And sometimes we can do that and sometimes we cannot, but most of the time we can. And from my understanding, paranormal is a massive category in itself. Yeah, mostly mostly for us, we do just hauntings and you know, ghost stuff, but occasionally we'll have some fun with like a Bigfoot conference or, or something like that. But mostly we just deal with, with hauntings. Gotcha. And is most of that people coming to you and saying hey, I think my house is haunted. Can you check it out? Yeah, there's some of that. Um, we, we do get some of those, or we get like, we get a lot of the ring videos, you know, people from the door videos, you know, with, you know, spiders or, you know, bugs or whatever flying around and they think it's a ghost or whatever. But yeah, we, we, we get a lot of videos from people that have like security cameras and are just experiencing any kind of activity, really. And we just come in and try to help them figure out what it is they got going on. Gotcha. So what does the standard investigation look like? A standard investigation, first of all, whether it, it depends on whether it's a commercial or a residential. So with a residential, we have a, uh, an interview packet. I'll sit down with the client before the investigation, do an interview, and it has a bunch of like questions about what they're experiencing, even personal questions. So then we don't require that they answer all the questions, but it is helpful for us if they do as far as like, medications and mental illness that kind of stuff because sometimes that does play a, a factor in what's going on and then uh, I, I have this interview with them then I evaluate whether it's a good case for us because not every case is good for us 
it depends on what the client is looking for. If the client's looking for, say, they they have a spirit, they they want to get rid of it or whatever, they don't want it in their house. They're you know, we don't have psychics that come in and clear the house. I can refer them to somebody else. That's just not something we do. So if it sounds like a good case for us, which would be we can go in and try to find a logical explanation for what's going on with them and then maybe try to make them feel safer in their space, then a lot of times we'll, we'll go ahead and take that case and see if we can help them. Gotcha. So what are some of the, the logical reasons behind, you know, expected paranormal? There, there's a lot of different things. Um, one of the main ones that we see is people watch too much paranormal TV. So they get it in their head that, you know, they have a demon or whatever, you know, they, they really don't, but we don't run into that kind of stuff very often. But, uh, sometimes, well, we had a lady, she was, uh, her complaint was that she was seeing people that weren't there and hearing voices. And then one night she said her ceiling was bleeding, that kind of stuff. So that was pretty interesting. So we went out there to see what she had going on. And we went into her uh, bedroom and we were doing base readings for the electromagnetic fields that she had in her room, which can cause all sorts of things. If you have high EMF and you're sensitive to that, in an area, you can have hallucinations, that kind of thing, make you feel sick, headaches, all sorts of crazy stuff. So when we got into her room, we uh, measured by her bed and next to her pillow, it pegged out our meter. So we had to figure out what was going on there. But her bedroom was up against their garage. So on the other side of that wall, they had like a, it was like a some like a water softener thing. And it was just giving off really high AMF. It was going through the wall and into her head all night long which was causing her to hallucinate because apparently she was extremely sensitive to it. So I don't know. I mean, we suggested that she moved the bed or whatever, but we don't know if she did, but she seemed to uh, be happy with that answer. Yeah. That's something you'd never really think of like, Oh, I'm, I'm seeing these visions or I'm, I'm seeing, you know, whatever seems like ghost or otherwise activity. And you're like, have you checked for electrical activity? <laughs> Yeah, she she thought she was going crazy, so she was really happy. We weren't like, "Hey, you're crazy," you know. Yeah, I mean that's probably very good because you have, you know, you have to have a bit of an open mind, I assume, to do yeah. this. Oh, for sure. She had a uh, she had a housemate. I think it was her boyfriend. For whatever reason, they slept in separate rooms. Um, and I think he knew what was going on, but she wasn't going to take it from him. So that's why he called us out and was like, "Hey." But it took us all of about 15 minutes to figure that one out, yeah, which was yeah. good to be able to do. Yeah, that's very good. You just kind of walked through one room, saw the readings, yeah. and we're like, okay, let's see what's on the other side of this wall. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's like, oh, I didn't know. So we were able to explain to her exactly what was going on and our thoughts on that and what to do about it. And hopefully she took our advice, but we haven't heard anything back from her for any negative stuff. But, so that's good. That's good. So what usually causes EMF besides water softeners? Anything that you plug in, really. It can, you know, it's just, especially like older places that aren't, you know, have the wiring correctly or old wiring, that kind of stuff. And electrical panels, you go, I mean, everybody's always, oh, I feel weird in the basement. Well, a lot of times that's where your electrical panel is or in the laundry room or something, you know, like, so you get a lot of that. Gotcha. And is there a reason anyone is more sensitive than another person to emf i don't know why somebody would be more sensitive but i know that i mean we have some team members that are really sensitive to it so i don't know what causes someone to be more sensitive or not to be honest 
Interesting. So how do you feel when you see a lot of the paranormal TV shows that are out there? Depends on which one it is. Uh, most of them, I mean, you got to look at it as on TV, so it's entertainment. And paranormal investigations, if I'm being honest, aren't entertaining. Mostly it's a group of us sitting in a dark room talking to something that's not there and claiming our body functions. So that way when we hear it back on the recorder, it doesn't sound like our stomach growling is a demon. So so basically that's really what it is. Um, it's not it's not what you see on TV. It's They have to... I, I don't want to go out and say that they're making stuff up, but they're making stuff up a lot of times. You know, <laughs> they really, ex, ex, I mean, there's some shows that, I mean, it has to be entertaining. There has to be some dramatic, you know, people aren't going to, it's not going to be fun to watch. People aren't going to watch people just sit in a room and do what a real paranormal investigation is. It's not fun for the audience member that watching if it's not a ghost. So if they, if they don't find a, demon or something they're at least fabricating a little bit onto the story but a lot of times that the good part about some of those shows is they do the history of the location that's that's really cool to do we we do history uh try to get as much history about it the locations as possible so that way if uh we get like a name for on an evp or something it gets uh and then you know we look it up the history of the building and that name was you know where the owners or something that past owners then we could collaborate hey we got this name and it, you know the history report shows that a person with that name used to live here so it, that kind of stuff and that's how we uh, we like to collaborate our evidence for that kind of stuff that's why we do history reports yeah interesting and what is evp it's electric voice phenomenon so like if i if i have a uh, digital recorder so we we set up a digital record very simple. We just keep it very simple. So we set up digital recorders and video cameras. And uh, the theory is that when we ask questions or, or for us, a lot of times we just sit around and uh, have general conversation. We find that it works better, especially in highly investigated places. Like if it's a really known haunted place and that, you know, people come in all the time and ask the same repeated questions to the spirits. We find that they don't, they're less responsive. So, we'll just go in and sit down as a group and have normal conversation about anything really. And, and uh, the theory is that when we listen back, we'll hear, hear them speaking back to us. Sometimes we get some good stuff and sometimes we get nothing. So it's one of those, you don't even necessarily see your own evidence until later. Correct. Most of the time. No, I mean, some people do wear headphones and uh, listen live, but I find that to be pretty distracting. So I haven't been able to do it. I like to be able to hear what's around me and it's easier for me to investigate if I'm, if I can hear and see and everything around me. So. Gotcha. And is there much like visual phenomena that you pick up with a video camera? Um, video evidence is pretty rare. I mean, it does happen, but it's not something that's going to be really common. EVPs are far more common than, than a video. We do get videos sometimes, but Again, it's it's really hard to you know with with cameras too. It's there's so much other explanations for stuff. You can't really, you know, people say oh it's light from the camera or whatever you know, and it's really hard to explain some of the uh, things you get on video. Like you can't just say okay that's a ghost you know like unless it's you know like an actual you see something walking you know like like people get orbs and dust and all sorts of stuff. It looks really things look really different on camera in the dark. So with, with the uh, IR lights and that kind of stuff. And 
Gotcha. Is that kind of when people are like, oh, there's a lot of orbs in these pictures? It's yeah. Like, well, you're in the dark and trying to yeah. take pictures. Right. Yeah. That People, it, it's funny because there are a group of people who don't realize that orbs aren't paranormal. Or maybe they do. They just don't want to admit it to themselves. I had a lady at a conference come over to me and she showed me a picture she took in her house and it was this big blue orb. And I was explaining to her that what orbs actually are, that they could be pretty much anything, dust, moisture, bugs, you know, all sorts of different stuff. And I explained to her how that happens. And she says, well, I know that's my grandma because that orb is the same color as the shirt we buried her in. Not much I can do with that. So, you know, sometimes you just have to let people, you know, if that comforts her to believe her grandma's in her house, then okay. I don't want to talk her out of that. I mean, I gave her the logical explanation first and they can take what they want from it. Yeah. You're like, you're kind of painting my, uh, my science here with your personal backstory. <laughs> right. Interesting. And you mentioned conferences. Are there pretty big conferences for the paranormal? Yeah, there really is. There's UFO conferences, Bigfoot conferences, ghost conferences, all sorts of stuff. We have a, uh, conference in seaside at the end of march the oregon ghost conference that's coming up and that's a pretty cool little conference um, we get they have investigations that you can go on the classes all sorts of speakers it's a really really fun event everybody gets together once a year it's pretty cool they have lots of booths and just you know psychic readings and tarot card readings and just different kind of products and crystals and all sorts of anything you can think of for ghost paranormal stuff you can find it at the Oregon Ghost Conference, so it's pretty cool. Very cool. And is that something anyone can just show up to, or are you expected? To... Yeah, they they have a they yeah they have a you can pay to get in because there's booths and all sorts of stuff and classes and whatnot you can pay for and investigations that you can pay for and you can pay to be part of the public investigation. And my team will actually be running a couple of those in March for them, so that should be fun. Oh, very cool. So I won't. Wouldn't be shamed if I just showed up and I was like, hey, I'm brand no. new here. <laughs> yeah, in fact, people would welcome you and it'd be fun and you can go around and meet all sorts of different people. So it's pretty interesting. Very cool. A lot of, a lot of different opinions and different theories and stuff you can learn. It's, it, I like to go to those and, and hear other people's thoughts and how they investigate and that kind of stuff. Because you can learn from people. I mean, we don't know everything. So I like to learn different theories and different ways of investigating. And I also like to laugh at some people because you know some people are crazy you know but but everybody has a place you know it, everybody's uh respected and in, in, in everything there so it's pretty good sure do you find more people kind of fall towards the the believer side of things or the science side of things i think it's a little bit of both it just depends um for our team we're very we are trying to go in skeptical and we do, I mean, most of us believe that there is activity in places, but there's a few of us on our team that they're still, they don't know yet. So one of the things I do is I don't let my team know anything about the location we're going to. So they don't know any of the claims or anything. So that way they don't have any preconceived ideas and we don't bring in psychics. It'll be like, oh, there's a woman spirit over here. Because when you do that, then everybody sees a woman spirit or feels it. So if most of us go in blind, then that, that makes for a better investigation because if they, they start picking up stuff that, you know, are seeing things that the client has claimed, then we can collaborate that. They didn't know when they saw it too. It wasn't something their mind came up with because they already knew that's what's going on there. 
Gotcha. Is that one of those you could almost bring a psychic in with you and just say, like, don't say anything, write all your notes down, and we'll compare them after? Yeah, that, that is something we, we, we do if we do have psychics on our team. And we can share it with the client, say, like, if they got a name and it was somebody that used to live there, or they got a name and then we got an EVP with that name on it or something, that we could collaborate those together, but we can't use the psychics word by themselves. Yeah, of course you're like I need to, I need my tools, something that I can, yeah. I can verify is working or not. And there's different ways for people to investigate. There's there's different teams that do things from a psychic level, and that's just different ways. And there's no right or wrong way to do it with that, I guess. But you have to be very careful when you're making claims about stuff because so I've gone to some locations and they're telling us, okay, well we had a psychic in and. She said this, this, and this, and they take it as fact. You know, there's no evidence for it, but the psychic said so. Of course, it's got to be true. And yeah, you know. sure. So, do you ever just like spend your free time looking at things online, and you're like, oh, I see this, you know, new UFO sighting. I want to check it out. Um, I'll read stories and that kind of stuff, but I'm not going to go out and investigate UFO stuff. But I, I do uh, find that intriguing, especially what's been going on recently, and. All these uh, supported UFOs floating around, they won't tell us what are, tell us that they're Chinese spy balloons and whatever, and who knows what they really are, but I have a feeling it's they're, they're having us look at that, so we're not looking at something else. <laughs> I think you are not alone in that sentence. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, all of this is really fascinating. What is it with the corporate jobs? Because you said, like, a lot of this is the individual that kind of comes to you. Can you check out my house? Can you do whatever it is? Is the corporate stuff pretty similar? So when we go on a uh, commercial location, it, it is very similar, but like we'll go to say, we'll go to like a bar or something that has claims of paranormal activity. And so we'll talk to the employees and that kind of stuff. It's very similar, but a lot of times, well, with residential, we keep all those confidential. So we don't post any of our findings for residential, but with commercial, we can get permission from the location to share our website and that kind of stuff. So that's going to, that can be cool. Or we can keep it confidential. It just depends on how the business feels about what their clientele might think about it being haunted or not. In some places they want their place to be haunted. So they want us to show it off, you know, what we find, or sometimes they fear that we're not going to find anything. And then it, they would think, Oh, well maybe our place isn't haunted because people sell that their business you know okay it's hard to come here and you know it's a haunted location whatever so sometimes they don't want us to come in because they are afraid that we'll disprove it or sometimes they want us to keep our findings to ourselves in case we find logical explanations for what they're experiencing sure yeah there's a large market to say like yeah this place is very haunted come check it out yeah 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 they do uh some places do like haunted tours and that kind of stuff and they charge people for that or just gets people in the door to buy food or whatever on top of it so yeah they they can really market that so some places don't want you to come in and find nothing or logical explanations for them yeah they're they're very much selling the gimmick have you ever run into yeah. any of these places trying to do something dishonest to influence your investigation yeah we did there was a uh i won't say the name of it but there was a winery we went to and uh the story is that a woman hung herself there and killed herself and uh, supposedly her spirit haunts the house that's on the property. So they asked that we came out to do an investigation for so that they could use our, if we found evidence of that, they could promote that, you know, for like 
Halloween tours and stuff like that at their winery, which is a cool thought. But uh, I get there and there's a house, there's a light flickering in the house. And I asked the guy, is that normal? And he says, that's never happened before. She must know you're coming, which was a red flag for me. And so I was in the house about five minutes before I saw, found the dimmer switch that caused that light to do that. And we we're pretty much done from there. Because at that point, he's trying to fake evidence. So anything we find is, you know, maybe it's something he faked. So, and then they had, uh, he asked, can we have a couple uh, employees come investigate with you? So I said, yeah, we could have three or four. And then he calls me a day before and says, well, there's more, there's like five or six that want to come. And I said, you know, if it's a smaller location, what we can do is we can keep some of the employees in a separate area. And we could swap them in and out throughout the night. So because the more people you have an investigation, the harder it is to control the environment. So when we showed up there, there was about 20 something people ready to investigate with us, which is ridiculous in a small house. So we couldn't really make that happen. So we we did, you know, swap like 10 in and 10 out, but we didn't even go over the evidence because at that point we're just there for their entertainment and which is fine. If somebody says, Hey, can you come to my location and run a public investigation? We'll do that so they can entertain people because it is entertaining for people sometimes. But if you're going to sell it to us as an actual investigation, then we want to do an actual investigation, which is not what we have there. So yeah, we, I didn't even bother going over the evidence for that because there were so many people in and out of the house and, they were trying to fake stuff. It's just pointless. We have to throw everything out anyway. And is that something where I said like, Hey, I just want you to come around, like be a presence that looks like there's, you know, a team investigating. Is that something that you guys charge for? We do not charge for investigations though. Okay. And have you ever run into a place where you genuinely thought like, okay, this has a lot of activity and it's, you know, it's outside of the norm for, any number of reasons I can't explain. There are a lot of places that, that have activity activity for sure. We've run into quite a few. One of my favorite places is the Walker Ames House in Port Campbell, Washington. That place has a lot of activity. We get a we investigate there about once a year. It's a very well known haunted location, and and we get a lot of evidence from that one. That's my favorite place to investigate. Gotcha. Is there ever? I know a lot of you know the entertainment shows on TV mm -hmm. kind of portray it like. This is very dangerous. Have you ever had any of those where you're like, it is dangerous. Don't do this. Um, the only dangerous aspect of investigating is sometimes the client can be dangerous, be a little different. Locations can be dangerous, whether it's mold or just unsafe, like floorboards. Or we uh, were at a location once, a residential, where the a woman... Her, the conditions of her home were not good. It was like a hoarder type situation. So we couldn't get in and out of there easily if we needed to. And then she was smoking while on oxygen in the house. So we decided we weren't going to investigate there because we didn't want to blow up. Yeah. So, I mean, as, as far as being dangerous, that's about it. I mean, it's going to be very rare that you go into a location where the activity is going to be dangerous. Like demons aren't something you're going to run into like you see on TV, it's not, it's never going to be a demon. It's just not. Yeah. You're not like, look, we, we don't bring Ouija boards in here because we're going to get hurt. We just don't do it because it's not scientific. Exactly. And, you know, people talk about Ouija boards quite a bit. And, you know, the thought on that was you're trying to communicate, you're using the board to communicate with 
with dead people. That is no different than using the digital recorder. It's just a different way of doing so. So it, is it? It's not any more or less dangerous than that. But there's, just, like you said, there's no science behind it. So we don't use them. I mean, I, I mean, it's probably fun for kids. It's a kids game after all, and it might be fun for them. I don't. I mean, I have one, but I don't use it. It's more for decoration. It's got Multnomah Falls on it. So yeah, it's just pretty. So it's on the wall. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I think you can pick them up in, in most places and they're made by, you know, toy manufacturers like Hasbro or Mattel yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I mean, with anything, with anything, if you, uh, if you go at things with the wrong intentions, you can find yourself in something you don't want to be in. Okay. Interesting. Well, I think this has been very illuminating. Is there any kind of misconceptions that you run into a lot where you have to kind of correct people regularly. Yeah. Um, they always think it's going to be like a poltergeist or a demon or, you know, that it's scary. It's negative. The, the whole negative spirit thing is just, we don't run into that very often. I mean, sometimes you'll run into something that, you know, if you were, a, if you weren't a nice person in life, you probably aren't a nice person in the afterlife either. So like if we we're investigating, say a prison, well, the people that were in that prison were there for a reason, and they probably aren't the most kindest people. But most of the uh, things you see on TV, that's they try to be more scary and scare people. All you know, we have this, you know, this murderer here. You know, he's haunting this place, and he's scary, and he can hurt you. And it's just not the case. It's just that's fabrication for TV. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean that sounds very. Where you're like, why don't we hear about more people getting murdered by ghosts? And you're like, well, right. ghost isn't murdering anybody. <laughs> no, they, I haven't come across that yet. So I hope I don't because I, yeah, that would be kind of a, I mean, it might be an interesting investigation, but I'm really looking to have police involvement with our investigations. I have to explain that. Well, I didn't kill him. It was a ghost. You know? <laughs> yeah. And you're kind of on the front line if it did happen. So yeah. primary target. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to prison. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think this has been very fun. Thank you very much for being on the show. Why don't you tell people where they can find you? So if you uh, want to check out our evidence or if you want to uh, look for help, you can look at BigRiverParanormal.com. Awesome. All right. Well, I hope people check it out and find your stuff interesting and maybe get a few more eyes on your page for this. Awesome. Thank you. Do you feel more educated after listening to this episode of the Just Dumb Enough podcast? If you enjoyed the episode, please take a brief moment to rate the show five stars on iTunes, Spotify, or Audible. If you really like what I'm doing, remember to subscribe to the show for two new episodes every week and check out the ever-expanding backlog. Let me know what you'd like to hear next by reaching out and emailing me. Podcast at gmail.com or by sending a message to me on any of the show pages like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or wherever else you find me. I'm always looking for new topics, guest ideas, and questions from the audience. It's almost the last day of February, so here are the final rankings for the month. Number one, the United States, with Texas, Oregon, and California as top states. Number two, the United Kingdom, holding that spot real tight. Number three, Canada, shooting back up the charts with Ontario dominating as top province. Number four, Australia, just a single listener shy of beating Canada and led by Victoria. And number five, Sweden, with Dalarna barely keeping its lead over some others.
That's it for today. I'll see you all back here on Thursday. Bye-bye.